York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. He'll give you that Knicks talk just in the Nick of Time. And it's time to talk about who lost the Knicks fall to the Clippers in overtime. Once again, we're not going to overtime, guys. 134 to 128. Julius Randle gives you 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. Jalen Brunson gives you 41 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. Quentin Grimes chips in with 13 points and 5 rebounds. Quickly gives you 11. McBride gives you 8. And the Knicks still end up losing despite some, some nice things. A lot of nice things really happened today um, despite this very, very painful loss. Um, and we're going to talk about it all. All right. But before I talk about it all, I'm just getting into it. I'm going to, you know, shout out to FUBU TV. If you want to watch the Knicks for free for seven days, go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT and you'll be able to watch those Knicks for free for seven days on FUBU TV. And you will help us out. We get a little bit of a cut. You get cable and there's no subscription, so you can cut it off whenever you want. All right, cool. So um we're gonna go on quick man first and foremost it is the man the myth the legend the guide the stats and the facts all right geez in the building and i think i may have to avoid the comment section because y'all are talking wild as hell <laughs> yeah i i've heard some some interesting takes already yeah but what it is what it is and um we have with us today also you already know who he is the latin assassin mr espn contributor that's been contributor posting and toasting contributor sny contributor uh lee escobedo what's going on lee what's up guys um i'm actually not as angry and depressed as i have been in games past mm -hmm. probably because i think the clippers at full strength which they are right now are really dangerous really good execute really well in the half court and probably have the best coach in the NBA in yeah. Ty Lue. So I'm, it wasn't like the Mavs game where the Mavs, I was really pissed because I feel like the Mavs are a bum team and with a bum coach and one, one great player and a bunch of road eyes. This is a very, like very well constructed team with a lot of vets, high IQ. Um, it's a very disappointing loss, but lots to love. A lot of positives tonight off, uh, from the Knicks that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Glad to hear you say that Lee, because I'm, I'm bummed out, but I'm not pissed. You know, I'm bummed yeah. out because uh, we we lost a, a very close, winnable game. But there was a lot, a whole lot to like about this game. And let's just start with the fourth quarter and the the mindset in the thought process of how we got back into this game in the, th in the fourth quarter. I like, I really like the process of how we got back. Um, and I'm going to start out with, with, with my guy, my point guard, Jalen Brunson, who had a freaking amazing game. And 
He, he was scoring at will. And his scoring kept us in the game for large chunks of the game. And it, when RJ Barrett, some other guys were struggling. And then when the fourth quarter came, he did a very good job of just getting into the teeth of the defense and continuously kicking it out to different people. And once he started to do that, um, shots started to fall. You know, RJ Bat, who was struggling all day, started to hit some shots. Grimes hit a big three to tie the game. And we were right back in this game. Um, and you know what? You know, Brunson has been criticized for his lack of passing. Seven assists against uh, seven assists on the night today. So it was really good to see that even when you know the the team wasn't making shots the process of passing the ball to open the man continued and we got over the hump because of it and then also there was a time in the game where they isoled but they actually isoled smart this time they usually they iso and they'll force a switch that puts the other team's best defender on you. And I'm just like, that that never makes sense. They actually forced an ISO to have Trey Mann defend Brunson at the end of the game. And he's able to get the floater. And all those plays had us have like a three-point lead in the fourth quarter. But of course, it went to overtime. And then, you know, everything went downhill from there. So those are a lot of the things that I liked about this game. Um, and I don't know, Lee, you can tell me what you what you think about the game. I think Ryan would agree with me. This was a game worth celebrating for Jalen Brunson, opposed to the later game uh, where he went off for, I think it was like 37 points. This was a game actually worth celebrating because he was actually initiating the offense. He was finding his teammates. He was using his skills to an advantage and shooting very efficiently from the field. We are a team in general that struggles a lot with shooting efficiency. Uh, outside of Mitchell Robinson, we haven't really had anyone on this team in the last three years that's been an efficient scorer. Yeah. And I know Jalen Brunson's numbers overall, 46.9 from the field for his year, for the season, don't show that, but he is shooting 39 from three. And I think that first month adjusting to the New York Knicks team, a brand new team with a brand new spacing and style of play, took, took a little while for him to become adjusted. But the last two months, uh, bar an injury, he's been a really efficient scorer for the most part. And you saw that tonight. He took 10 less shot attempts than he did against the Lakers. And he was 14 and 19 from the field, five of seven from three, uh, seven assists. I think he was overall really efficient, played exactly the kind of way that I want him to, which is use your body in the post. Like he said, the matchup to man, he took, he, he had eight man's lunch, demolished them. Yeah. Now we can also talk about Ty Lue adjusting in overtime, yeah. putting uh, Batum at the five. And put the claw on Brunson, and then just allowing them. Hey, man, pick your poison. Either you know you're on the switch, and, and Batum's on guard you, or the claws on guard you straight up one on one, and it, yeah. it shut Brunson down. Um, so that's Ty Lue. He's the best coach in the NBA. He's one of the probably the best in game adjuster in the NBA, and Tibbs got out coached in overtime. Just facts, just schemes, adjustments, rotations got out coached. Um, but Brunson, I thought, really led the charge in that fourth. Kept us in the game overall, and just was, I think he's been watching the show because all the criticisms we've had of him, he really uh, implemented that into his game and gave us a really great performance and maybe his best performance of the season, but top three for sure. 
Yeah, I agree. I kind of feel like this is the second game in a row where the offensive process is is better. Like I felt like you know when RJ like I, like even though we I felt like yeah I feel like this is two games in a row and that fourth quarter offensive process was way better and we was able to pass the ball around a little more. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Brian, why I call you Brian? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I definitely agree with Lee when it comes to Brunson's game tonight. Um, he yeah, he was very highly efficient. Only 19 field goal attempts, 41 points, which is crazy. And you know, he definitely his isolation was definitely way more effective tonight than against the Lakers. You know, like Lee said, he definitely found his teammates tonight, and he was highly effective on the offense. He definitely had some big shots in the fourth quarter as well, which helped the Knicks to come back into the game and tie the game to bring it to overtime. So, um, yeah, you definitely got to pick up Brunson. But I do want to point out a couple of stats, though, because I think these were, like, glaring tonight. So when you look at the Clippers, their three highest scorers tonight, Kawhi Leonard, 35 points, mm-hmm. 23 from the field. Paul George, 30 points, yeah. not a 16 from the field. Norman Powell, 24 points, 8 of 17 from the field. Now, when I look at this, the Knicks are a good defensive team, but Kawhi Leonard is like 6'8". Paul George, 6'8". Norman Powell, he's not as big. He's like 6'5", but still reasonable size. Mm-hmm. Watching this game tonight, I feel like a crackhead waiting outside the NBA office like, you have any of them wings left? Because <laughs> Wings. They need wings. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, oh man, oh man, like, there's no wings here, dog. If you want wings, you might as well go to the KFC after the game because there are wow. no wings right now in MSG. All right, the only wing we really have is about to be traded in about a week. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's funny because we really didn't start to make a dent until um, Tibbs actually made like a little bit of adjustment and put Julius Randle on Kawhi Leonard. Then Kawhi Leonard wasn't able to bully RJ all game. And that actually worked out for us. But uh, like you said, Lee, overtime was a different story. When they put, when they had the claw out there and, and they just took out man completely, it was like, yeah. all right, Lee. All right, not Lee. I'm sorry. All right, Brunson, you just got to straight up deal the platoon. Then it was just like, oh, this is. Pick your poison. Yeah. This, 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 these are the times when I'm looking at the team and going, ah, we need a real, like, other option now. Because now that Brunson is kind of rendered useless because he's a bigger guy in him, I'm I'm like, all right, should we go to RJ? But I'm like, Damn, I don't really trust RJ versus Paul George no. or you I don't know trust RJ against anybody right now. Yeah, so Same. it's like I I guess Same. Randall and that's when we're outmatched, you know. <laughs> that's when we're outmatched cuz cuz when it was time to go to Randall because I think even Brunson realized oh it's not happening right now. Let me try to, you know, move the ball around. Turnover. <laughs> uh, let's go to Randall. Uh, brick three. And it's like, man, this is the time where I wish 
we either had an elite wing or Randall can do something. But it it is what it is at this point, and we couldn't get together. That plus is like, man, the foul thon that was happening over t- in overtime was just ridiculous. Yeah, and just to continue my point, because oh, I did I did have more points to make, like, you know, because we have RJ, but RJ's been terrible on defense since he's come back from his injury. Yeah. Complete terrible on defense. And that's, and that's one wing we already have, and he's not defending well. And then you have Grimes, and yes, while Grimes is a good defender, he's smaller compared to these guys. Like, Kawhi and Paul George at least has, like, three inches on him. Yeah. But it's hard for him to defend those guys, you know, and the Knicks need a wing defender that can actually match up with other elite wings on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, you can, you can at least, you know, because, you, look, I mean, let's be realistic. You're not really going to stop Kawhi and Paul George, but if you have an elite wing on the on defense you can at least try to slow them down and make them work for their shots more yeah so i feel like that was very i think that was a big that was i think that was a glaring miss for the Knicks tonight the fact that they don't have any elite defensive wings to really combat guys like that but besides that like you know i'm proud of brunson's game tonight i thought he played really well and look this is a game I feel like the Knicks should have won. I mean, they were unfortunate at the end, you know, with Batum hitting the three-pointer to bring the game to overtime. You know, the Knicks could have fouled, but, you know, I we guess know I guess. what happened last time we did that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Y'all remember the, the, you remember that Dallas game? Yeah, I, I, do, I do. I do. But I'm just saying, like, you know, that could have been an option, you know. But, it, I mean, it, it is what it is. Against a tough Clippers team, they did battle, and, you know, I'm at least proud of that. Yeah, that Clipper team is well called law. The, the instinct, the instincts of that Clipper team to not only they got the rebound, but they instinctively lined up around the three point line and knew they were going to swing the ball from the rip after like that's that's coaching. That's practice. Pra- that's practice to do that instinctively after a scramble play and a rebound is is crazy. Crazy. All right, you gotta tip your, they tip their hats off to them, man. Have to tip the hats off for them. But I agree with everything you just said, Ryan G. We need a wang and a couple of them too. And whew, I know Cam is when he's out the door, but man, I'm begging for an OG or a something. 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 But yo, salute to the chat. Tough loss. Tough loss, but there's still more to talk about. Um, if you want to call in and talk about the loss or the win or your gripes, whatever you want to talk about, um, just call in and dial that number 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Also hit that like button if you're enjoying this show and the analysis of the KOT show. Um, I want to talk about a little bit of the good too. More good is the bench scoring once again. Miles McBride. Looking like, you know, he's turning the corner a little bit. It looks like he's a lot more comfortable being aggressive. And one of the first signs that I saw of that was just the fact that he chose to, you know, drive to the hole and go to his pull up when nothing was going on uh, at the end of the shot clock. One play, he goes between the legs, steps back and hits a three over the defender the confidence level of Miles McBride is starting to grow, and I like to I see that because you know a lot of people are are 
are down on him because he hasn't been playing well. But I have to keep reminding people. I have to remind people this is sort of like his rookie year right now. So he hasn't played a lot of minutes and got and gotten a lot of NBA reps. He's gotten G League reps, but not NBA reps. So you have to take the good with the bad when it comes to a guy who's only played how many NBA games right now? Maybe 20 something. So you got to grant him a little bit of grace, but I'm very proud of the way Miles McBride played today. Um, uh, Ryan G, I'll let you start back off. And what do you think about that? Um, Yeah, McBride is definitely the, – the thing with McBride is, you know, I just hope that that confidence that he's finding now to take, you know, more shots and actually contribute to the offense, I'm just hoping that it carries on, you know, throughout – you know, the more games he plays, you know, because, you know, the thing is that, you know, at least, you know, from evidence in the past, I make Brian will have a streak of games where he will be effective offensively, but then all of a sudden, like, he'll, like, go back into his shell and then, like, that confidence just goes away and then, you know, he doesn't really contribute on offensive any anymore. But, yeah, it's clear that his confidence is up right now. And I think what he hit, like, a couple of threes today, which is pretty good. And, you know, and for McBride, like, you know, him contributing on the offensive end is just going to contribute to him getting more minutes because he's already he's already solid on the defensive end of the ball. So mm-hmm. if McBride can continue to provide some type of offense, you know, that's going to bode well for him, you know, for the rest of the season. Agreed. What you think, Lee? Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that we have to consider this Miles McBride's rookie year. He's already played more games this year than he did last year. And, I mean, that's the fall of Tibbs. Tibbs would rather play – Albert Burt's the point guard and give quickly and, and McBride some much needed reps to gain experience and, and run the team. And I think that's something that all three of us are in unison of that was probably one of the biggest mistakes by Tibbs is stunting the development of quickly and McBride as lead facilitators and keeping him on the bench and really keeping McBride yeah. in G League games when he should have been playing NBA games as that third string point guard. Too much Derrick Rose, too much Alberts, too much Timber Walker. But, you know, that's the thing of the past. McBride's here now, and as uh, Pittsburgh team would say, he outside, man. He really balled out tonight, <laughs> confident in his three ball. And I really like his point of attack defense, too. I thought he did a good job slowing yeah. down man. Really made man very inefficient. I mean, we were going through the trade metrics, and uh, you had um, – what's that website you always use? Counting the glass. Cleaning the glass, all, yeah. Yeah, cleaning the glass. had all the metrics about how efficient Trey man is, getting to the bucket and finding his sweet spots. Man, Miles McBride shut him down tonight, yeah. so – it was it was a team effort. I mean, quickly had some minutes on him too, but I thought McBride played really good defense. It seemed to inspire him a little bit on the offensive side of the ball too. So, hey man, I hope it keeps going. He was probably the one consistent bright spot off the bench tonight because quickly kind of had a slow game. Still impressed with quickly. I'm never not impressed with him, yeah. even when he has a bad scoring night. But uh, there's still some things to talk about with Obi Toppin. Yeah, yeah, and um, and before we get to the Obi Toppin thing. I'm going to keep it on the positive before we go to negative. <laughs> the Grimes, Grimes too. Quentin Grimes, people have been dogging him for a minute, and he's starting to come alive. Uh, you know, last post game, we talked about a lot, but I realized we didn't really talk about um, Quentin Grimes shooting kind of coming back to life a little bit. The last game, he scored 17 points and was hitting a, a bunch of threes. Today, he hit a a a really big three and that's the type of threes i'm used to seeing him hit even last season and you know i I felt like people started to forget how good grimes was in the end of games and in clutch situations 
even in his rookie year. So I never really, I never worry about Grimes long term because of what I've seen from him last year and the work ethic and the the defense that he puts in. So I'm glad to see him today get a uh, chip in with 13 points and shoot 50% from the field and 50% from three. The Grimes hive is still alive. Uh, tough night defensively, kind of fouled out. Uh, the 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 foul the last foul where he fouled out at was kind of questionable to me. Um, the 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 fouling in general is in the overtime was a little bit of a head scratcher, especially considering they gave Julius Randle like an and one foul call against Norman Powell, and I don't know I don't know it just seems like and that and that that wasn't in OT. But it just seems like some of the fouling stuff in OT and in general is a little bit weird. But uh, at the end of the day, though, back to to Quentin Grimes, great game from Quentin Grimes all around. And, I mean, he had to fight against the claw and freaking PG. Paul George was lighting him up. So what are you going to do? He's got a bright future, man. I think I'm more optimistic and have less criticisms of him his rookie year and his sophomore year than I did R- than I did RJ back in the day. Uh, I'm, I have a lot of optimism. Uh, yeah. I think he's done better in starter minutes off the bat than RJ did initially. And I think he's just one of those guys, that, and Ryan has touched on this before, you can put him in any system with any other four guys under any coach, and he's going to give the same amount of defensive effort, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the same level of glue guy hitting wide open threes, actually moving off ball, getting open, and having hitting high percentage shots under the basket. Those things are going to be consistent no matter where he is. And unfortunately, he's here in New York with the Knicks. Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. You know, Grimes did have a good game tonight. I think both, you know, JLS and Lee, you, you know, y'all both really pretty, pretty much said, you know, everything about Grimes tonight. Um, you know, solid defense. You know, yeah, like you said, he was guarding Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, guys that, you know, they're bigger than him, you know, they, they at least got three inches on him. So, you know, it's going to be hard for him to defend those guys anyway, no matter how good of a defender you are. You know, and then on top of that, those two guys are elite, are elite wings in the, in the league, you know, especially elite scoring wings. So, you know, Grimes did try his best on defense, regardless, you know, he did, you know, get kind of lit up by Paul George a bit. But, you know, still, you know, he's he's a solid player. That big three, you know, I think that gave the Knicks the lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But the end of the game was major as well. And you know that he got that in his bag. And, you know, like Lee said, like, yeah, like when it comes to Grimes, I really don't have much complaints about him. Like he's a solid player. And, you know, it's interesting because as y'all know, like I'm not really fire thibs right now, but I would love to see how Grimes game would open up with a coach that has more creativity on offense. Because I feel yeah. like you can really open up Grimes game you know, in a in an office that has a bit more movement of the ball and things of that nature. I think y'all are fire tips. I think both of y'all in your heart are. You just don't want this to become a fire tips channel. You, you don't want it on here every night and all three of us are saying fire tips and we become part of that, you know, part of that Twitter verse. You, y'all don't want that. So I'll be that guy. And you and JL is to be the opposite, and you'll be in the middle. The loop can play that role, but I know in your, I know in both of y'all's hearts, you want this darn gnome gone, bro. There's no way, ain't no way y'all standing by this guy, bro. You see it every game. He did out coached every game. My my stance yesterday is the same as it was today. With new information, I can change. But here's the thing: I keep saying it. 
like you see the way you see how close we are in this game like like i said from the beginning i feel like we're around the 500 team mitch is down right now so we're gonna have to fight even more to even stay that way but because i feel like in my heart of hearts we are where we are which is a 500 team if we're around the 500 team by the end of the year i felt like he has done his job even with the the, the bad the bad that he brings with us and i still feel like as a franchise if you project some type of stability um we will be able to eventually trade for a disgruntled star hopefully next year or so and because we're stable and have a plan and have people coming up and still and kind of be able to project that it's, ha it's happened for other teams hell it happened for the nets before they got kevin durant and kyrie irvin but i mean let's not talk about kyrie irvin right now bruh not yet not yet <laughs> i'm looking forward to it though i mean there's been some new news that came out that made me kind of laugh oh yeah <laughs> but it's like, but you know i don't know i don't know if i should like mention it now i mention it later in the show so i never really mentioned it but Yo, Kyrie's on one right now, though. He's on one. <laughs> We're going to talk about it later. Hold that, though. Yeah, let's talk about it later. Let's talk about it later. We're going to have some fun later. We're going to have some fun. All right. But that's my stance. I see what's happening. I'm not blind. But like like Ryan, like I keep saying, I want to I use Grimes more like, you know, Rip Hamilton, Reggie Miller, you know, running off a bunch of screens. Like, I want to use Grimes that way with uh in addition to the way he's being used right now because i feel like there's more that can be done with him because he's came into the league as a movement shooter so i think we can get that out of him but you like it is what it is it, it, it is what it is we tips ain't going anywhere right now that that's how that's just that, that's just how i feel that's how. it's true he's not but that doesn't mean i don't want him gone right. i just i agree with you all that he's not going to be gone i wish he was Right, right. Um, but let's talk about something angry for a second. But salute to the chat. <laughs> All right. I see you guys in the chat, 43 in the chat. Uh, shout out to you guys for watching. Uh, hit the like and subscribe if you're enjoying the, the content, especially that like right now, uh, just to help us out. It helps the algorithms, you know, algorithm and gets us seen a little bit more. So shout out to Gamers Channel. Shout out to you, Alexander, uh, Canal Ben Loya um john john bain shout out to you ricardo Custer, joe long everybody else is rocking with the show after a loss shout out to you oh my real fake cousin winston ellis shout out to you as well and jt riddick um oh wait jay ellis what's up someone in the chat brought up a good point what's up it was uh joe long I'll read his comment first as far as I say what to say. I don't know, Lee. I ask the players' opinions. If I was front office, because if they believe in him, they will play for him. And OT loss tells me they're still in. I know I'm fire tips. I also want to do some flowers. This team obviously plays hard for the man. Yeah. But there's, I think they have a lot of admiration and love for him as a human being. I, I don't know what type of coach he is in terms of like conversational or how approachable he is. The fact that Johnny Bryant was the one that had to go to Julius Randle and like talk him off the ledge of being a diva, that says a lot about like Tibbs isn't really a hands-on in that regard. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to effort, you do have to give Tibbs some credit, even though his adjustments were trash yeah. and his rotations were ass. I will give him credit that tonight he had his guys playing 48 minutes and, and plus uh, against a very, very well-coached, well-constructed team. 
So I'll give tips and some credit there. This team never gives up. This yeah. team it plays hard against everybody. They're in every game. They can beat anyone. They can also lose to anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just want to add one correction to what Lee said. Everybody was playing for Thibs tonight, except for RJ Barrett. Okay. <laughs> we should talk about RJ, man. Let's get into the bad, bro. <laughs> He put the bad in Badman. Uh, he put the bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, y'all got the jokes tonight between the wings and the bottom. Oh, y'all going off. <laughs> tonight. I got to set my joke you. game up tonight. <laughs> I want one, two, G. <laughs> now nah, you're right. Lee, Lee mentioned it before about his extremely low uh, defensive rating. And even Clyde mentioned it today. He was like, oh, I was reading about some stats thing that says <laughs> RJ Barrett is the worst defender on the team. Yeah, yeah, he's right. Yo, I see Brickmon in it. Yo, come on, y'all got that. <laughs> oh, damn. Yo, Alexander oh. called him Brickmon. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all funny tonight, man. Funny. <laughs> he got it together, though. I-, I gave him his flowers. He got it together a little bit later. But yeah, he was Brickmon tonight. I'm not going to Mid Mamba. Oh, come on. All right. What's going on tonight? Oh, man. Uh, Mid Mamba, bro. He's Mid Mamba. (laughs) Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) (sighs) Yo, I just bought an RJ Barrett jersey the other day. I'm about to trade that shit in with the way he's playing right now. Oh, man. He's gonna buy two Brunson jerseys. All right. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I still believe in you, RJ. All right. I still believe Ain't in you. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, let's talk about Obi Toppin real quick, man. This is still the the frustration of the game. Yeah. And yeah. of the season and of the last few seasons is free Obi Dog. 12 minutes and 16 yep. seconds in the <laughs> he played. Plus five on the night. Three or four from the field, 75%. Two or three from three. My man hit like a running floater today, though. <laughs> yeah. A running floater. Ugh. It's just painful sometimes watching him play and then play well and seemingly play 12 minutes. That's all I have to say, especially when you're seeing Sims kind of struggle. It's like, well, give him some Sims minutes. If he Sims is struggling, you know, play a little. I don't know. It's just that's why he's in trade rumors right now, man. And it makes sense. All right. Salute to the chat. Canal, you I don't know if you guys seen this. Canal Ben Loya, shout out to you. He said that Brunson was yelling at Tom Thibodeau. Did anybody any of you guys see this? Good. Lee don't even know what it's about. He just said <laughs> he don't care if he was right, if he was wrong. Hell no, team team Brunson all day. Yo, trust you me don't even know. Jalen Brunson could have been dead care. or wrong. Yo, trust me on this. If it happened, trust me, somebody in Knicks Nation got the tape. Somebody yeah. in Knicks Nation got the tape. If it hold happened, on, hold on, hold on. Is that all we're gonna dedicate to Obi Toppin? Come on, bro. We gotta talk about this, man. I we thought somebody's gonna jump in and nobody said anything, so I moved on. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk, man. Okay, Let's go talk ahead. About go it. ahead. We were both it, gonna jump in. Yeah, I, I think there's 
there, there are a lot of reasons to, to fire Tibbs. O, o, the Obi Toppin situation's top three. You know, the Cam Reddish stuff, man, he's a nice kid. He showed some moments, but he is not what the Cam Hive hypes him up to be. He's like, a, you know, there's a reason why two teams have given up on him. I don't think he had the best attitude. He wasn't always prepared, he, especially toward the end of his rotation minutes. He started getting a little bit winded, wasn't playing real good defense, wasn't always committed on the defensive side. He wasn't. He also wasn't an efficient shooter. So yeah. if you're going to impart someone to the lineup, it better be Grimes playing next to Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. And he just wasn't as efficient as Grimes is. It was a much better replacement in the rotation. So I'm not mad about Cam Reddish sitting on the bench at, right. at all. But Obi Toppin? Consistent, ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes, twelve minutes, man. It's unacceptable, man. I, I wish the media would talk about it more instead of like, oh, James Dolan, this and blah 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 that. Like, I, talk about the things that actually matter when you're discussing the Knicks instead of Knicks for clips. And that their big issue is why is Obi Toppin rotten on the bench? Why is he in trade rumors of players that were drafted below him that are seen as role players when Toppin has a star potential? Yeah. That to me is a disgrace of him as an asset, as a basketball player, and as a human being. It's really disgusting the way that he's been treated by Tom Thibodeau, especially in games that he shows, hey, there's a mat- matchup differential here. They're playing Nicholas Batum at the five. Why can't Obi Toppin come in and play? That's yeah. Julius Randle. What, there's no rim protection. Why yeah. can't you play Obi Toppin in those situations? I understand in super bids. Lakers, okay, don't play him. But Miami, Clippers, play the man. Yeah. I don't get it. Jericho Sims played so awful today, and he's been Jer- Jericho Sims has been awful for a couple of games. And I don't think he's used to this much playing time or this much of a role. Yeah. He's struggling. He still got 21 minutes. Why is he getting 21 all terrible minutes? And and if I, Obi Toppin only getting 12, man. It's make it make sense. Yeah, make it make sense. Ah, I have to agree. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, I just you know, Lee pretty much said everything that I wanted to say, but um. But yeah, it's, I think it is kind of sad because I'm look, I'm not the biggest Obi fan at the moment. You know, like I do think that I, I'll just I'll just leave it at this. I'm not the biggest Obi fan, but I do think he deserves more minutes than he's getting at the moment. And I do think it's kind of sad that even when he plays well, he can't get past like 12, 13 minutes off the bench. And I don't think that's really fair to him. And I know Dibs is stuck on playing his starters like 35, 36, 37 minutes, especially Julius Randle. I mean, hell, most games Julius Randle's touching 40 minutes, 39 minutes, 38 minutes. But, I mean, when Obi is actually playing well, like, I don't see why he doesn't keep Obi out there because not only is he contributing to the team actually performing well, but at the same time, you get to rest Julius Randle more so Julius Randle is fresher at the end of games. So I don't really understand his logic as in, I can understand when Obi is playing bad. When he's playing bad, yeah. You don't you don't give him the minutes and you take him out. When he's playing good, that gives you the chance to leave him out there and rest Julius Randle more. So yeah. that at the end of the games, the man is more effective and he's not, you know, and, and he's not tied at the end of games because I mean, honestly, in overtime, those those turnovers he made in overtime, I think that's due to tiredness because the man is playing too many damn minutes. He needs True. he needs more rest on the bench. Facts. So yeah, and, and and I also agree with Lee as well. Like you know, with the Clippers going five out, it was it was a perfect opportunity to play top and more minutes. You know, because Hardesty was pretty much useless tonight. So it's like, why not play? Why why not play Obi some minutes? You know, and, and go small. But like we always say, Thibs be Thibbin. Tis so. be Thibbin, man. Tis be Thibbin. And it was funny. I just as you were talking, I just 
came up with a theory. Right. In the beginning of the season, Tibbs was playing. Whoa. Hold on. Oh, that's a super chat. Damn. That's oh, my oh, best friend, bro. That's my best friend. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, thank you. Thank I love you, Obi Toppin, but we're going to start talking to you about right now. We're going to start talking about you. Shout out to John Baines, who sends a super duper trooper chat. All right. This is the highest super chat we've ever got on this channel. So shout out to you. My God. <laughs> Yeesh. But I think he, he deserves me to tell the story about how I met him. I'll keep it very short. He deserves it. I've never met him in person. Mm-hmm. He's my internet nits friend. And before I met y'all, he was the only guy I had to talk to through text because I wasn't on Twitter. So he was my only dude besides my pops. <laughs> that, sorry. So we were at the RJ's first game rookie year, San Antonio Spurs. Me and my dad drove down there to watch her in person. All right, so we're sitting there. We have our Knicks gear on. We're cheering. They lose. It's Fizdale. They lost. But, we, I mean, we're Knicks fans. So the girl in front of us comes up and hands us to pa- a pass. And she's like, hey, do you want this pass? I noticed you're like the loudest, craziest Knicks fan here. Nice. I had this pass to meet the players after the game. And I might say less. Hell yeah. So we wait. I only have one, though. So I mean, my dad raised me to be a hood rat, man. He's like, if you, you belong anywhere. They don't let you in. Get the door down. Get in. So real smooth, like. <laughs> Real smooth, like, you know, I let my dad pass by me. I was showing him the pass. My dad doesn't sit down. I, I slide in, I sit down. So now me and my pops are there. Man, it was unbelievable. I met Bobby Portis, met Taj Gibson, met Julius Randle. Nice. Met, met R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox. My dad meets Clyde Frazier. My dad had to go wow. down. Clyde was sitting there by himself. My dad, don't, don't, you know, my dad, he's shy. My dad, don't talk to him. That's my dad's idol, man. So my dad spends like 10 minutes chopping up with Clyde Frazier. Nice. Meanwhile, this dude behind me. He's at our uh, RJ jersey. He's like, yo, do you have a Sharpie? I'm like, yeah, I got one. I went to the store and bought two. So I had my RJ jersey too. I did in the Sharpie. Ended up being John Basie. We're chopping up. We're talking Knicks. I mean, we just became friends. I gave him the Sharpie. Got his shit signed. Nice. And we just, we, we, I got his number. And we talked like, all the time after that. I, I only met him once in person. I haven't seen him since. That's, that's crazy. My best, that's my best Knicks <laughs> fan from another mother, bro. That's my guy. <laughs> to you. Oh man, you about to tell me? You about, about to make me tell my my meet Nick story? Let's go. <laughs> so yo, shout out to John Baines who sends a fifty dollars super chat. Says shout out to y'all boys. Tibbs built the culture, but until the contract is up, Leon won't let him go. And as far as RJ goes, the only thing that has improved over the last four <laughs> years is his free throw percentage. Not loving our development under the Tibbs best. Uh, Besides the culture, hmm. I can push back on a certain things. I understand your sentiment, though, that you you appreciate the, the culture is built. But I always fight for RJ. Like I, I said this before, I checked the stats two two games ago. Since the Dallas games, he was shooting forty five percent from the field, thirty nine percent from three, and the shooting was actually turning a corner. Didn't look like, didn't look like it today though. Didn't look like it today. But I do feel like he's grown. It's just still very incremental. And hopefully we'll start to see bigger steps taken towards the end of the year. But I understand the sentiment. And and I'd super appreciate the the super chat for sure. And shout out to you and, and Lee too for bringing him on to the chat. That's my guy, man. That's my guy. Yeah. Even though he was watching tonight. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. You know, it's funny you say a uh, sneak. Back in the day, shout out to my cousin who is now a cop right now. <laughs> Yo, back in the day when tickets were like 20 bucks, 
or 15 bucks because the Knicks really stank. Uh, we used to come to the games and then scope the front seats at halftime and then scoot up and sit towards the front. And then one day, me, my cousin was like, yo, let's sneak over there. We can meet the players. It's like, what? Let's go. <laughs> so we just, one day we just sat, sat by the front with some random people who tur- turned out to be the family's play, the, the player's family members. And we just sat there. And security guard came. They didn't even check any of the passes or nothing. They just, everybody was sitting in that one section, just brought them right downstairs. And next thing you know, I'm in the Knicks locker room. <laughs> and I'm what? taking pictures. I'm meeting people. I end up taking the picture with Channing Fry. So and I'm like, yo. Wow. And me being 5'7 and Channing Fry being like seven feet, that was the most awkward picture I've ever taken in my life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like, I'm really just standing right by Channing Fry's kneecap right now taking this picture. But <laughs> Oh, I forgot to mention, the girl that gave me the ticket was Reggie Bullock's ex-girlfriend. They were dating at the time. What? She, bro, <laughs> she was a baddie. She gave me her Instagram. I was like, oh my God. She gave you, you a bag on that one, bro. She gave it, it, you her Instagram. Reggie. She she ain't loyal, Reggie. She broke up. They literally broke up like a month after that. She was like, I don't even want to be down there. She was like pissed, obviously. They, they broke she giving she out Instagram out to, to random people. I break up with her too. Yo. Damn, bro, she was a baddie. She gave it to me and my dad. <laughs> oh man, really <laughs> thirst traps, thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Shout out to another super chat, 499 Super Chat. It says where that hero missed uh a, a three last game to win it, but Batum uh made a three eventually to win in OT. It's a Knicks life. Yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah. Super bad luck. Super duper bad luck. Yeah. Yo, yeah. got us off our whole OB ten OB topping tantrum topic. Uh <laughs> But I do want to share this story, though, because, you know, since we shared stories, it's kind of crazy because I, the cousin that Jails is talking about, I know I know that cousin. Like, we live on the same block. Yeah. So I remember one time, like, I believe he had, like, a group of tickets to go to a Knicks game. I think, I, if I remember correctly, I think it was Knicks and the Kings. I think it was during the Linsanity time, I believe. And he had tickets to go to the game and like, you know, he got like a bunch of us. And and I think at the time, like Jalen was at the game as well. And like we didn't really know each other. Yeah. And we had no idea. And we had no idea at the time that, you know, in the future that we'd actually be on the Knicks podcast together. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Cause when because you know, Kathy was like, Yeah, Ryan was at that game. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. Who knew? Full circle. That's crazy. Full yep. circle. But sh- shout out to my cousin who's now a police officer. He, my <laughs> cousin, he snuck down like 600. He snuck down there like 10, 11 times. Like if you go through his basement, he has pictures with all the Knicks from that season. Channing Fry, David Lee, everybody. Like he was going there. He went down there, got the pictures, came back, printed out the pictures on his computer because back in the day that's what you did came back with it framed and got all of them signed and he got like seven or eight so that shows you how much he was seeking out 
<laughs> I hope the garden has updated its security since then because it was it was not good in early 2000s. I'll tell you this. <laughs> oh man. Yo, y'all need to check the comment section. Stanley is wilding right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Stanley, man. Oh, Stan is Stan is Stan is the man. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, but yo, salute to the chat, yo! Thank you for the super chat, and thank you for supporting the channels. I deeply appreciate it. If you like the the stories, the channel, and the Knicks fandom, and you know comments about Tyler Hero's chicken in the chat, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. All right, we're here after every game, and we'll be here tomorrow too, uh, talking Knicks seventy sixers. All right. But um, let, let's get to it, though. Let's get to it. We started talking about Obi Toppin. And um, yo, I actually, oh, I forgot my theory. I forgot to say it, talking about my theory. So in the beginning of the season, Obi Toppin and Julius Randle was playing a lot more together. And around that same time, Cam was playing more minutes as well. Until... Tom Thibodeau's job was on the line. Right? I think once news came out that Tom was on the hot seat, he said, screw all that. Because we haven't seen Obi and Randall playing together since he's come back from injury, really. Because at that point, Obi's minutes was kind of climbing and it was hovering around 15 to 17 minutes a game. And but ever since he's came back, he hasn't seen that. And we also haven't seen Cam. So I kind of feel like Tom Thibodeau's on his thing now. Like, well, I almost got fired before. I ain't got to try none of that stuff right now. I'm just going to play the way I want to play. And y'all going to have to deal with it. That That's the theory I, I kind of come up with right now. And yeah. All right. But let's talk more about Obi Top. All right. Because recently some news has come out about Obi Choppin being traded. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on it real quick. And this news comes from, was it Mike Soto? And it says that the Knicks and Jazz have had exploratory conversations surrounding Obi Toppin, Evan Fournier, and a draft pick compensation for Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt league sources told who's hype, but that's from Mike Soto, who's pretty reliable when it comes to a lot of these trade rumor stuff. Uh, so I believe it, but it's exploratory. So we don't know how far that is going to go. So gentlemen, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, what do you think on that? I have my thoughts. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let y'all guys start it off. Whoever wants to go first, first can kind of go ahead, Ryan. Do what you do. Um, yeah. Um, I heard about the trade, and you know, <clears throat> those are two players I've been looking at. And to be honest, like the way the trade was set out, like Ob Fournier and a and draft compensation for Beasley and Vanderbilt. I probably would take that deal to be honest about it because number one, <clears throat> Vanderbilt would be a wing defender that we need, we desperately need. And he would strengthen the bench as well. And Malik Beasley, I know people complain about his defense, but the thing is, if there's one thing about Dibs, and even when Fournier was here, 
at certain times, if you put the right if you put the right defenders around Fournier, you can pretty much hide Fournier on the defense. Because I've seen I've seen stretches where Fibs had Fournier on the court and just surrounded him with the right defenders, and the Knicks were able to hold up the end of the then and the Knicks were able to hold up the end on the defensive end, even with Fournier on the court. So this leads me to believe that even if the Knicks get Beasley and Beasley's not that great of a defender. I feel like if the right defenders are around Beasley, you can pretty much hide him on the court as well and defense still be effective. And at the same time, you get Beasley's three-point shooting, which is desperately needed on this team as well. And, and so the way I look at it, I'm like, you're trading Obi where, let's face it, as much as we may like Obi, Obi's not getting the legit minutes that he needs in New York. Like, Thibs doesn't really factor him into the equation. So you pretty much have to probably move on from him and then Fournier as well. You know, that's a contract where if the Jazz is willing to take it or any team's willing to take it, you you have them take that deal and give them draft compensation. It is what it is. You know, Fournier, Fournier is not really a part of the future of this team. And you bring in two guys that Vanderbilt, I think the contract he's on right now is a cheap contract. It's like four million, it's all like 4.5 million a year and he's going to be on the team next season as well. So it's next, so he's not going to hurt the cap. He's not going to hurt the cap. And then, uh, then on top of that, Beasley's on an expiring contract. So it's like you don't even have to resign Beasley. You know, you can just use Beasley's contribution for the last half of the season and let him go. And you release some cap as well. So to me, I think it would be a good trade. Yeah. Interestingly enough, so, you know, Vanderbilt, he's kind of listed as a power forward. Um, but he can guard like one through four, maybe sometimes five because, you know, he's, he's long, he has like a seven foot wingspan and he's the type of guy that Tibbs would love on the team because he's going to give you effort and a hundred percent effort every single time. You know what I mean? So I, I'm, I definitely understand the reason to like Vanderbilt and have him here i have mixed feelings man i have mixed feelings like because of obi's upside like i've been wanting to move obi for like an all-star or somebody slightly better that i know will be useful but i'm like i know we need i still know we need that wing though you know what i mean so even though he's maybe a power forward maybe he can play wing but really the reason why he's a power forward in the first place because of his scoring. You know, his he doesn't really give you that a lot on the scoring end. So, like, with us struggling in the second unit with scoring, how does that look for us having a guy who's not really known for his scoring? Even though this year he's shooting better from 3, 33% for three. And I think he's shooting... uh a pretty good percentage from like the corner three but i mean i still have my i don't know i still have my concerns a little bit um you already know how i feel about malik beasley as well you know like if we're like why use a draft conversation on malik beasley if we already have a guy can shoot threes and not play defense like to me, that doesn't make sense, but I, I know there's uh, an assistant, a Knicks assistant who really loves him, and that's probably why he's in the conversation already. So it's it's I don't know, man. I don't I don't feel like I want to give up draft compensation 
with Evan Fournier just to get back Malik Beasley specifically. Like to me, my brain in my brain that doesn't make sense. Vanderbilt coming here, I can talk myself. I can say that can make. I can see that making sense. Vanderbilt coming here in general because we need the wing, but giving up Obi for it is like, uh, my stomach, my gut would feel better giving up Obi for OG. <coughs> um, but that's how I feel about it in general. Uh, what do you think, Lee? It's an embarrassing conversation that we're even having to have this about trading Obi Toppin for two role players. Um, there's a lot to unpack. This reeks of Gerson Rosas, who was the former GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who traded for both Vanderbilt and Beasley during his tenure there. Yep. Uh, so these are his guys. Uh, now that he's in this senior executive role with the Knicks and apparently was leading most of the conversations, the trade dele- delegations for Utah Jazz, I'm assuming he's going to be in that position again. To, to make those moves, which is like this adds a whole other level of like who's in charge, who has final say, who knows? You know, it doesn't matter what regime. It's kind of the same old chaos, it seems. Uh, the players that are that are being mentioned, I love Vanderbilt. I when we were having our chats about Donovan Mitchell early in the season and through text, he was a name that I always threw out there that I really wanted to come to the Knicks mm-hmm. because Tom, if Tibbs ain't gonna be fired. We have to build, give him guys that he can use to their full potential. He fits it. He can guard the one through five. It's in so many teams are playing small ball fives now. He can guard all five positions. The perfect guy you want in switches, um, a, a great zone defender, a great one-on-one defender, great yeah. on-ball defender, great off-ball defender. He checks all the boxes and all the metrics. Uh, he's a long, lengthy, can't shoot a three. So it's kind of like, you know, Ronnie Brewer in Chicago with Tom Thibodeau back in the day. He loves those type of guys. But I think that I think Vanderbilt could expand his game a little bit in in our offense since there's really no like steam. Just get open shots. It'd be a lot of transition opportunities playing with Brunson. I think he could thrive. Malik Beasley, I have very little interest in. He's a more athletic Evan Fournier. Um, He's a really good shooter. Doesn't really give you a whole lot defensively or rebounding wise. His defensive metrics haven't always been terrible. I was going on stat muse. He actually was pretty good when he was on a defensive team in Denver. He was at 114, 113, 111. And then once he got to Minnesota, it went up to 118, 115, 118 again. Um, So I think under Tibbs system, he can be a good help defender and team defender. And he'll be paired with that bench unit. So it's like McBride, uh, Sims. Probably some minutes with Grimes. He's quickly. He's gonna be around a lot of other good defensive players, so they can hide him and play to his strengths. Uh, giving him draft capital, it better not be anything more than a second or very, very protected first, like that uh, Washington one or something. If we're doing up a Nets pick, which I don't think we will, um, the trade overall I like, but I would much rather fire Tom Thibodeau than have the trade will be topping. That's my first request. Why do we have to trade a lottery pick? We don't have very many. How many have we had in the history of our franchise? Why do we have to trade one in order for him to thrive? You know this guy's going to go to Utah and like make his like white, pasty fan base cheer their asses off when he's averaging 20, 10, and 5. You know it's going to happen, and it's going to embarrass us to look so goofy when we have Malik Beasley averaging eight points off the bench. It's like, oh, man, it's like it's so irritating that we're in this situation where we have to trade a super talented guy because our coach refuses to play two forwards at the same time. Like, it's 2023, man. Any other coach would be playing Obi Top in more than 12 minutes. Yet, Tisby Tippin. So, mm-hmm. is, is it a bad trade? No. Is it a great trade? No. It solves some issues. It's overall mid. 
Uh, you know, I, I've, I've reserved my, I've resigned myself knowing Obi is gone. There's no way he's on the team next year. So might as well do some guys that fit Tom Thibodeau's system. Give us some extra wins in a win column because we can lock down on defense. You know, impress the bench. Um, and there you have it, you know. Uh, I wish Obi all the luck. Yeah. Obi deserves to go somewhere he's going to play. I agree. I don't know, trading Obi to Utah just makes me sick in my stomach in general. Me considering, too, considering what happened this summer. Like, I don't even... Just my discourse with Utah fans, like I don't even want them to d- enjoy Obi Toppin just because of this disgusting discourse I was having Utah fans. I'm like, yo, yeah, y'all would love Obi Toppin if he was, if he was traded, and it was like, oh, he's trash, and that. I'm just like, oh, y'all don't deserve, y'all don't deserve the twenty. And I feel, I think he'll, I feel like he's gonna be like a twenty-eight and four guy, but I, I don't, y'all don't deserve, y'all don't deserve him, man. Yeah, <laughs> And, no, I'm just saying, I honestly think Obi would thrive in Utah as well. I like, think so, oh, for sure. Office that they run in Utah, he would thrive there. He definitely would. He definitely would. But, like, like we're not going to pay. I don't I don't see us paying him in this, this summer. So, like, I feel like we're going to have to move him either at the trade deadline or during the draft or something. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I don't see the Knicks paying him. I just... I just don't. Um, and I don't want to speak on Vanderbilt a little bit more. He's been in the league seven years, but he's still very young. He's like 23, I think, right now. Younger than Obi. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's very the- young. So, like, that rawness, like, he... He's starting to put together from three this year. Not to say he's some knockdown shooter, but this is the first time in in his career where he's showing a pulse offensively. Um, So there's a chance. There is a chance he can evolve into a three ND type guy, but he hasn't shown that yet. So he still needs time on the offensive side to to grow. And we kind of got to remember he's 23. So he's years away from doing that on the flip side though like if he's here like what type of minutes is he going to get you know is he's playing back up power for it is he going to get 10 minutes a game um or do we actually see you know maybe a game like today we throw him on a Kawhi Leonard for a stretch even and see if he can guard those type of wings and maybe it'll work out like that under tips who knows but um, yeah, uh, there could be something more with Jared Vanderbilt for sure, even though offensively he hasn't shown any super promise. But I don't know, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. All right, and shout out to the chat. I actually added a playlist on the channel for you guys, it's called um, Trade Deadline Playlist because I know we've been talking a lot about different players, um, players we want. Uh, and rumors and all that. So if you want to kind of just look at everybody who's been in rumors and everybody that we just came up with that we maybe we have an eye on, you can check out the uh, the 2020, the trade deadline playlist on, on our channel. All right. So shout out to you guys. And we'll definitely chop this segment up and add this to the bunch over the other side. I can talk about that. All right. I have a, I have a question for, the, for y'all too. Sure. And I'll answer it. So 
right now at this point in the season, would you trade Randall first or Obi first? <sighs> who do you trade and who do you keep? I would still trade. I would still trade Obi first only because here's the thing. Here's I feel I feel like Obi's for me, I feel like Obi's ceiling is going to be 21, 22 points a game, like eight rebounds a game, and possibly a passable defender. The assist, there's a slider. I can see him averaging four assists or more a game because I still believe he has that instinct on them, right? But Randall's physique and his lateral quickness to me makes it so that when Randall's motivated, he will never be a liability defensively. Like, I feel like he he can be a two-way player, and he's been a two-way player this year. I'm not sure. I have less confidence in OB being a two-way player. And there is a possibility that OB can develop other skills sets offensively. But there's still a lot of gray area whether he can be, like, an ISO type player who commands the doubles teams and you know who, who can like run an offense through. Like I always seen him as like a Steve, like a Amari Tidemeyer style player where you can run pick and roll and do things that way, and not like a guy who can, you know, slow down a game. Cause you know, in the playoffs you have to slow the game down, throw him the ball, ISO, and then figure something out and make something happen that way. So for that reason, I will go with Randall because even though I feel like there is a ceiling on Randall's isolation play and not being able to be a, a true first option, it's hard for me to imagine Obi reaching a level of Randall. Yeah. Ryan? Well, you know, when I look at, you know, situations like I try to look at as I try to look at it as more of a realistic standpoint as opposed to like what the Knicks should do and right now when I look at, at it from a realistic standpoint Thibs is going to be here so if Thibs is going to be here you have to think about which players are going to probably fit Thibs system more and and try to build in that way and even though uh, and I've already said I'm not really the biggest Obi fan, but I do like him. I don't think Obi would thrive in a Thibs system. I do think Obi would thrive more in like a more open offensive system where a team is go- where a team is out on the fast break more. You know, teams like Memphis, you know, teams like that where they would play faster. Obi would be more effective on a team like that as opposed to the Knicks where, you know, the pace is not that high and the Knicks play a lot of half-court offense. I don't feel like Obi thrives in that type of system. Julius Randle more fits that system because Julius Randle is an isolation player. He, 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 had, he, he is effective in isolation, he, and Julius Randle also plays defense as well, which, which is something that Obi still struggles with, you know, on, on, the, on the defensive side of the ball. So when I look at it from that 
perspective, I'm like, it's probably best to move Obi and keep Randall here. Good points. I think right now I would sell high on Randall. I, I, I really thought about it. I, I, I'm trying to respond to what y'all said and not just like be anti-Randall because I've really tried my best to, to, to turn it around and see what good in him, especially this season. Mm-hmm. I think this is the highest offer you could ever get for him is right now. I think because the market is so skewed after the Gobert trade, you could probably get two firsts unprotected and a, a bag of young players. And maybe Obi's a guy who takes the reins. Maybe he's not. But the package would be unbelievable. So, uh, and the four is not where teams are built around anymore. It's the one and the three. Like those are the two positions that championship teams are built around, with the exception of by Giannis. Um, almost every other one is a one or a three. So I think the four, you can you can have your fourth best player or your fifth best player be at the four and you still win a championship. So I think I would do it. I think I would sell high on Randall. He's still an MVP candidate. Mm. But the Knicks aren't going to do that. The Knicks are going to trade Obi. For me, it's going to depend on what do the Knicks get back for Randall. That's, that's like, I think that's the main... Look what, look what Toronto's asking for OG. I think we could get two unprotected pits for Randall and probably two swaps or two unprotected pits and one protected pit and then some really nice young players. For a team in the West that's desperate to win a championship and they see that as the next move to elevate. Like for me, and we already, we all know championships and ones are the threes are the the place where you win it that's why we keep saying we're an elite wing away from doing it but i just feel like that gamble to trade randall to get two picks to hope for a wing and if you're not like trading for an elite wing but you're trading for picks to hope for a wing, i think is a crazy gamble to take Super crazy gamble to take. Depends on what team it is. Fritz just said Phoenix, Mikael Bridges and two first. I would do that in a heartbeat. Mikael Bridges and two first. But we, we have Mikael Bridges, but where is your elite wing that's taking you off the top over the top? Now you have more picks than anybody but OKC. What are we doing with picks? That's what I'm saying. We're gonna have we have these picks, and then you're just hoping. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to go. Yo, I'm trading Randall to get these picks because this team is selling their disgruntled wing and I'm getting that back off the rip and now Obi Toppin is playing. That's a different scenario than I'm trading Randall and I'm going to get picks and I'm going to just hope that that wing comes through why are you just selling high on a guy who's like a top five, six power forward in the NBA right now? Like to me, that doesn't make sense. I, I understand that sentiment, but I think there are guys out there that have a likelihood of either wanting a trade or getting a trade in the next two or three years. And those picks will come in very handy once that happens. Those Suns picks aren't going to be 2023 and 2025. They would have to be like 2026 and 2028. Like far in the future, once CP3's gone, Booker's gone, Aiton's probably gone in a year or two. So they're rebuilding. And now those picks are probably the most valuable picks you can have. But I think Luka Doncic's huge chance 
he could be on the market soon. Same thing with Anthony Edwards. Those are two guys I think are in bad situations that could get worse in a year or two. Now, now you have the best capital then, to move. Then make from. that trade in a year or two, and not today on a whim. Well, a year or two, Julius Randle could be back to last year. You never know. That's why. I, that's why See, I'm selling high. Well, that's another conversation because because now your conversation is you don't think he's sustainable. Well, and for me. I feel like it's more sustainable because of the guy that we just brought in this season in Jalen Brunson. Like the the whole the whole reason why the biggest reason why it didn't work last year is because is because we brought in Kemba Walker. He's supposed to take a lot of pressure off of him and he's supposed to share responsibilities. Now that we actually have a point guard in here who can take the tougher shots, run the offense longer term and be like a galvanizer mentally for the entire team. I think the probability of Julius Randle's play being more sustainable is a lot higher now, which is why I I'm not just going to make that trade for the sake of just making that trade. So, uh, and plus if he's changing his habits now too, shout out to Johnny Bryan, who's taught him how to kind of like breathe through things and have an introspective moment on himself and change his ways. Like I feel like he's on the right tra- trajectory to repeating uh, a season like this. You know what I mean? That that's just the way I look at. It. I, I think that's yeah. super fair. And. I'm just going to end it at this. My thing is this. Okay, if you trade Julius Randle, like, for example, the Fritz trade that he um, proposed with Phoenix, which is two first and Bridges. If we make a trade like that, my thing is, if you're going to make a trade like that, with those picks, you better make a next move. Right. Like, whether it's a year or two down the line, you better make a next move because what's going to be the sense of having all those picks and not make a move because... You bring Mikel, you bring you bring Mikel Bridges here. It's not like all of a sudden that's going to transform the Knicks. You know, it, it, it's 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 kind of like a sideways move. Yeah. You know, the Knicks yeah. aren't going to really get better. They're not going to really get worse. You know what I mean? It's like a sideways move. So it's like you have all these picks accumulated. Even if you have to overpay a little bit, you better make that next move to bring a star here. Is that a sideways st- move? I don't even think it's a sideways move. I feel like it's a step down. That's a step down. Yeah. Yeah, it's a step down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Knicks are not going to be as good when they make that trade. So it's like yeah. you're going to bring in two extra first. You better make that next move, even even if you have to slightly overpay a bit. Because since you since you have so much draft capital at hand to bring in that next player, because if you trade away Julius Randle and don't do nothing else to supplement that, then it's going to be like, what the hell? Why did you make yeah. that trade for? And people, I agree with both of y'all. But people saying is an outlier. If he's having an all-star season twice, then isn't an outlier anymore? I, I think, think it's an outlier it once it happens more than once. Statistically, his what he's averaging is all kind of close to what it was last year, even when he had a down year mentally. Right. Uh, the, it, it's the mental part of a game that I'm saying sell high on. I, I have full confidence that he can average 20, 10, and 5 in any season that he wants to, especially on this team. And especially with Jalen Brunson at the point, it's the mental part. I'm not 100 percent bought in. I had to see it for the rest of the season into the playoffs 
and some of that season for me to be 100% bought in. But this is who he is now. Because last year, man, it was all 82 games, bum squad. It was tough to watch. Yeah. Nah, I agree. I'll kinda, I'll, I'll, go ahead. I said, y'all y'all are making great points, though. I just want to give some flowers. Both of y'all made great points. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I mean, I had a point, and I lost it. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I was going with. I don't know if any anything to say, Ryan. While I try to remember what the hell I was about to say. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I pretty much said what I said said about it. Like all I'm saying is that if the Knicks do make a move like that, there better be a, there better be another move to follow up to bring in a star player, whether it's one or two years down the line. Because if you make a move like that, you don't bring nobody else in. That's like what the hell you made that move for. Facts. Right. Very true. Right. Oh, okay. I kind of remember. Like, here's the thing about Randall too. Um, he's improved almost every year he's been in the league, except for when he came to the Knicks. Which is why, because I remember, remember we was doing shows about him before. Uh, before Ryan, like way early, when he's back in the in in, in the the at the garage with Edson, and. We saw we was talking about his three point shooting numbers going up with the Pelicans and how efficient he was and all that. Like he's been very good his entire career, except when he went to the Knicks and his role changed. Because now he's going from the fourth best guy to the guy. You know what I mean? So when you look, so we have four years with the Knicks, one, two. <laughs> three four and you now you're kind of like splitting the difference two good years two bad years so like you always for me you gotta i give a guy grace when it's his first year stepping into a big role and this is brunson's first year stepping into the big role and he's overperforming he's amazing so i can't even imagine him That's next year um <laughs> but sure. i i and i was definitely out on randall because of his tantrums before but I also me being me, I do agree. I do listen. I believe in people evolving. So you live, you learn, you grow, and it looks like he's grown. So I I think it's I think it's here to stay. Personally, we'll see how it goes. What about this one? And this came from the chat, Lady D four two two. Why we keep talking about Trey and Randall? We need to be doing something with RJ. He's not that guy. <laughs> Coming with oh, the smoke. Boy. Oh boy, she, she did the Scotty Bonds right now. You're not oh, that guy. You're not that guy. Lady D came in and hot. I mean, Lady D, I don't know if you were in here earlier, but we had smoke for RJ. Well, at least I had smoke for RJ. I don't, I don't know, about, you know, Lee and JL as much, but I definitely had smoke for RJ. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm playing RJ Shield right now. That's my, that's my, that's my role right now. I had smoke for RJ right before that winning street stuff was, was, was happening. And then I started to notice a slow trajectory and I'm holding, I'm holding on hope. I'm holding on hope because like I said before, we need an elite wing to really take this to the next level. Um, but over the last game before not counting the last two games ever since the dallas game you keep hearing me saying it because this is my way to defend him for a second he's been averaging 45 percent from the field 39 percent from three two and a half assists so 
the shooting numbers have gone good since that Dallas game. Today was horrendous. But today, he hit some big shots. Uh, he, he stuck with it. And I like that part of his game. Defensively, he needs an intervention. <laughs> he needs an intervention. Someone needs to smack him up or something and, and tell him to wake up. Um, but I... I still, there's still certain things to like about his game. And shout out to uh, a pretty good Twitter follow, DJA Zulu. Um, he posted some of his pick and roll numbers. Like, even though I feel like he needs to uh, pass the ball more willingly and he's starting to do that, he has pretty good, uh, pretty decent uh, pick and roll numbers. 55 percentile, 0.9 points per possession in pick and roll. Um, last season, it was at the 29th percentile. This season, at the 55th percentile. So his game is a it like he can do it more. He just has to be more of a willing passer. I I still want to see what RJ does. I still have a little bit of hope. I think the front office is willing to trade him. I almost want to say they're out on him, but he's they're obviously okay trading him because he was the centerpiece in the Donovan Mitchell negotiations. I mean, he was in every single version of a trade proposal that they offered Danny Ainge as as a centerpiece. They added other players. I mean, brought down the pick amount, but RJ was always there. I think I think they see him as a guy that they're going to move for a star player, and I'm on board with that. Uh, I, I I agree with a lot of Nick fans who are like, don't blow it up. A lot of these kids are young. RJ is still 22 years old. I think just because you have an off year or you're not growing at the rate that you should for a 22-year-old, you don't trade them. Like, these are still kids at heart. I, I see him different than that. Randall, who's at 28 years old. These guys are very young. There's still a lot of development to be had, but no one's untouchable. So for the right deal and the right asset accumulation, I'm okay with moving them. And I'm probably more okay than I've ever been on moving RJ. I saw someone in the chat, this DJ guy, DJ Dats, mm -hmm. uh, wanted me to explain my roadmap for the future. I think it's keep on doing what you're doing. No major trades for B plus, B minus guys. Like continue to accumulate draft picks, continue to develop your young guys. And then when a real prospect of the Anthony Edwards, LaMelo ball become available, you go to the front of a line with the grandfather, uh, uh, trade a proper proposal and you get them and you add that to a core of Mitch and Brunson and IQ Grimes or whoever's left over. I, I don't think you made B level moves, but I think Randall can get you a lot of really solid assets for that. You can then use like Ryan said, you have to use within a two year window to get a superstar. Yeah. And regarding RJ, um, I still like RJ on this team, you know, but my thing is this, like for the right star player, I will not hesitate to move him. I will not hesitate for the right star player. But but for right now, you know, I would be I would be fine with keeping RJ and having him continue to develop, but he definitely has to get better on defense. Yeah. That's that's the one thing where it's where you know if he can get better, then that would make then that would make me think twice and make me more likely to want to keep him. But if he continues defending the way he's defending at the moment, if a star player becomes available, I will not hesitate to move him. I will not hesitate. Star player is 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 the key role. Star player is like is it I'm I, like for me, like I said, 
We talked about this earlier. I'm definitely for keeping RJ. When the Donovan Mitchell trade stuff was happening, I was willing to move RJ in that trade. But um, they want RJ in like every single pick we own. And that's dumb. I'm not doing that. You know? <laughs> so yeah, somebody asked, do you regret not moving him to Donovan Mitchell trade? No, I don't regret no. it. Because Danny Ainge was trying to make an example out of us. Uh, I actually heard somewhere that once the Knicks showed up to the the playoff game, where it was like Dallas versus Utah, Danny Ainge decided then that who, who said that was that Stephen A. It might have been Stephen A. Uh, yes, it was. Mm. It was Stephen A. And yeah, I don't really take Stephen A. Super serious when it comes to stuff like that, but I mean, that actually makes sense. It That actually does make sense when you think about how much they were trying to get from us and then how much they actually moved him for. You know what I mean? Like, they were dead set on four picks and then they just moved him for three picks literally the next day. So, <laughs> the, this front office did a good job of not overpaying but they might need to do a better job playing nice and not trying to stand up other organizations because it might be putting like an extra Knicks tax on these trades that we should not be paying. So y'all need to chill out with the grandstanding and show like we got to chill with that. Well said. That's worldwide West. That's what I was, I was just about Shout to say. Shout out to Worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide. And that's what, and that's what Worldwide West is doing. Left a mess. Left a big old mess, man. Yeah, he, he definitely wants to be seen. Oh, man. Man. <sighs> Yo, good talk, guy. And great question, Lee. That's a... That's a clippable question that I think would uh, we can clip up and post and we'll get a lot of good Appreciate interactions it. and arguments and people loving us or hating us. <laughs> like all hey. good YouTube clips. <laughs> to the chat. You guys had some you guys had some good points. I it was I really had to think about it with the arguments that you guys are making. I think the best point that was made was Ryan, where if you trade Randall and you sell high, you better have a move made. Within a year or two. And I would say even maybe a year. That's why I say I wouldn't trade him unless a unless something is in route right then and there. Like I'm not trading him and then waiting two years. Like that just seems crazy to me. That's too much of a gamble. Like, is the star is the star wing you want available right now today? Oh, okay. The star wing is available right now today. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit different. I don't know. All right. Salute to the chat. Uh, hit that like button and hit that subscribe button. If you like in the channel, you like in the conversation, please do that. Uh, but shout out to you guys, man. Angrill. Shout out to Paul Butler. Shout out to Kenny Payne. Yo, Kenny Payne's in the building. Come back, Kenny Payne. <laughs> Kenny Payne. We miss you, Kenny. All right, coach. Thanks. You see what your boy Randall's doing out here. You be proud. Okay. All right. Shout out to Nick Yak. <laughs> Shout out to Game Channel. Shout out to B Willis, DJ Dax. 
yo, Lady D for that question. Everybody else is rocking with this show. Um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll definitely be back tomorrow. Didn't expect to be here this long talking Knicks, but here we are. Uh, yeah. Let's go. We got 81 watching, baby. We got 81 in the yeah, chat. 81 in the chat, man. 81 in the chat on the side. Y'all crazy talking, coming here after a Knicks loss, talking Knicks basketball with us, man. Right. <laughs> yeah, some fans, fans. If out here after a loss, all right? <laughs> but shout out to you guys. Supreme one, shout out to you too. All right? But we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow. So uh, definitely check us out tomorrow after the Knicks, Knicks 76ers game. Because, oof. Sucks that we lost in overtown today because we're gonna have to do it right again tomorrow. Yeah, seventy sixes always kick our butts. Always. Wait. Hmm. I have a request. I have a request. Can Sorry. we talk about Kyrie Irving? Oh my bro, I'm... bruh, Kyrie, brother me, brother yeah, me yeah. for even. <sighs> bro, hold on. What's shout it out? What's 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 get it popping, bruh. Bro picks, all right? On one, man. Your man Kyrie is on one because, number one, he's like, he wants to sign a four-year, $198.5 million contract extension, and he's not accepting nothing less. Mm. That's number one. Number two, the news came out saying that he's willing to sit out the rest of the season if the Nets do not trade him. Can 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 I give a bruh to Nets fans? Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna give a bruh bruh pick to Nets fans because y'all been talking so much smack for so long. And I told y'all, and I can't wait to go to work on Monday to see that one Nets fan who sits by the window on the left side when I come in. I'm walking <laughs> by so slow Monday. Oh my gosh. Keep telling y'all, telling y'all, between Kevin Durant's knees and Kyrie Irving's attitude, you guys have an expiration date. You do. Kyrie is way too volatile to trust long term for any franchise. Ask the Celtics, ask the Cavs, ask LeBron. All right. LeBron only wants him back because he's on his last legs and he's throwing a hell melody pass. All right. <laughs> so bruh pick to you Nets fans for actually believing that Kyrie Irving was gonna turn over some new leaf and, and be with y'all and, and retire with you guys. Bruh. And, Never and you know what and you know what makes it even more hilarious? Once Kyrie leaves. More than likely, Katie's gonna want to ask out again. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the cycle continues. <laughs> ah, revenge! Gotta love it. So, I hope y'all enjoyed y'all little run. It was cute. Best ch- paper championship team ever. All right. Yep. You guys and the Clippers are like the same people. All right, Clippers supposed to win a championship, can never really get it together. And I was like, oh, look at Kawhi, and look at it's going to happen. Same thing with you guys. A lot of parallels. I'm not going to hold you. A lot of parallels between the Clippers and the Nets. 
second tier franchise to the, to the story franchise and can never really get together championship on paper it just never really happened so uh you know, yeah. even with all the controversy going on with Kyrie Irving I do want to give a major shout out to Jacques Vaughn who's a hell of a coach oh yeah it really seems like he's a good human being and a good basketball mind he should have got that job in the first place Steve Nash is a bum-ass coach one of the worst coaches we've seen in the modern era I will put him top three with Derek Fisher and David Fisdale. He has no idea what he's doing on the sidelines. No idea how do I get in touch with the, with the younger players and be a leader. He's such a fraud. He should have never done that job to begin with. Chot Vaughn is a good man and a good coach. They won the night. Cam, Cam Thomas dropped over 40. They, they beat Porzingis and the Wizards. So he's a really good coach. And I like the interview that he gave where he said that he checked on Kyrie Irving as a man and he let the front office deal with the business side of it. Yeah. I thought that that showed a, a lot of heart um, and integrity on Jacques Vaughn's part. And I think that, that Kyrie Irving is probably one of the worst teammates the NBA has seen in a couple of decades. But there's a lot that he's attacked for that I, I also think is unjust. And there's a real long comment there at jail. As I, probably, I think you probably saw it on the video, on last video when I was talking about Kyrie Irving. Someone was going off of me saying I was supporting anti-Semitic language and, oh, and, yeah, and, anti, and anti-Semite. And, you know, I, I watched that movie. My dad actually watched it too. And a lot of there, there's a Hitler quote in the beginning, which is absurd. That's like mm-hmm. I that should that whole movie lost its credibility. With anytime you quote Hitler, yeah. you lose all credibility. Now he posted that, and then he later on denounced the usage of that quote. But what, the reason he posted it was a message behind the movie, which is that, and this is what is similar to what Raw believes, and I have no problem with it. It centers African Americans as a true. Israelites, right. the chosen people of God, Yeshua. And I have no issue with that. That's not a controversial statement to me. If you if you believe in something that empowers you as a human being, that empowers you in your identity, your race as a man, as a woman, I have no issue with that at all. Me of all people. And he's dragged through the he's dragged through the mud. He's taught an anti-Semite when the man has apologized for it. He's he's done everything to talk about how he's not that. He's met with priests and rabbis. I think he's a good person. I think he says some really idiotic things. He says some things that he don't have a whole lot of education on, but I think he's a good person at heart. I don't think he's 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 a monster, but he's been made out to be by the mainstream media and by his own owner, who's a super bum, Josiah, and Sean March, who have left him out to dry. So I don't blame him for putting taking control and trying to be empowered by making a decision for his future and his worth, even though I would never want him to be on the Knicks. I think he's a horrible teammate and he puts himself before his team, but I think it's a balanced, nuanced situation. He's neither the, the hero or the villain. He's just a human being who makes a lot of mistakes, but there's a whole lot of good too for his community, donates a ton of money toward education, literacy, and after American community. There's a lot to applaud about Kyrie Irving and there's a lot to criticize too. It sounds like all of us. Yeah. You took, you, you took it Matt seriously. I was just trying to give him this bro. Bro. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, it's been the biggest NBA story for two years. I get your sentiment, though. I get your sentiment. <laughs> Definitely get your sentiment, though. I'm team no Kyrie on the Knicks, though. No Kyrie on nah, nah, Knicks man, Hell nah, no. nah. We not doing Kyrie and KD on the Knicks. No. <laughs> we not no, doing sure, it. Sure, sure. <laughs> we not doing it. I don't care. I don't want that man touching the Knicks uniform. I'm sorry. Nah, we straight. We straight. We straight. We straight over here. <sighs> oh man. All right.
right, yo, that's our show. Um, unless you have another bro pick somewhere, Ryan. Um. Oh wait, I'm pretty sure you have one. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm I'm yeah, pretty sure. I, yeah, I do have a bro pick. Come, there's been a lot happening. Yeah, do I have a bro pick? <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to figure out if I should, if it should be the both of them or it should be one of them. I I, I don't know, but I know it's yeah, yeah. yeah if, if, if y'all were watching the NBA yeah. yesterday, yeah, there was another fight. Yeah, Austin Rivers. Yeah. And Mo Bamba. Now, I don't know what was said because they were showing, like, the replays, and Austin Rivers took a corner three. And after he took the corner three and he was running up the court, Mo Bamba and, I think, Markel Fultz was making fun of him. And they were kind of, like, jeering him a bit <laughs> with his missed three. Now, I don't know what was said. You know, Austin Rivers, you know, after, like, you know, after the game and he was at the post game, he was basically saying that, you know, if you know me, you know, I don't, take no disrespect from anybody. And he said that he just went over there and said, you know, keep it, you know, keep it cool, you know, don't disrespect me and blah, blah, blah. But clearly that's not what he said because if that's what he really said, well, Bobby would have never got up and started swinging. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he's trying to cover his ass and make it just seem like he's what he just went over there like, you know what? Don't disrespect me. No awesome river. Mo Baba came off the bench and he started to beat your ass. That means you said something bad, disrespectful. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I was looking at his posture. That's what I was. I was looking at like Austin Rivers' posture. That posture when he was standing over Mo Bamba, that wasn't some I've come in peace posture. That that was like some I want to smoke posture, try me posture. Like he he had the, the Franklin fist. Standing yeah. over, you know what I'm saying, shaking. So that that didn't stand to me. I I I just want to talk real quick. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we don't believe you. We need more people. Like, come on. I, I don't I don't believe that at all. But also, Obama must have said something foul because did you did you see homies? What's his face? Oh, uh, Markel Fultz. Did you see Markel Fultz's face? Like, he, the, he said his little Bill Cosby face like he said so crazy. You know how Bill Cosby had the yeah. eyes bulge out and like like he just ate some jello pills? <laughs> like, yeah, Markel Fultz's face had me rolling, man. <laughs> me too. Oh, man, yo. Man, yo, man. Ulster is definitely shaking with the altar fist, yo. Definitely yeah. shaking. Oh, man. All right. All right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <sighs> all right man all right good show guys really good show that was our show um yeah man like i said we're here we're here tomorrow so if you want to catch us talk nick's basketball and talk a little bit of smack too at the end and have some jokes you already need mm-hmm. to do hit that like and subscribe and yeah man just have fun with us tomorrow after the nick 76ers game all right cool all right Lee, let them know where they can find you. Uh, follow the thread of JLS and I arguing on Twitter at underscore <laughs> Lee Escobedo, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O. Yeah, man, come, come bring the smoke. I, I want to fight tonight. I'll be up all night. <laughs> I'm going to bed, Lee. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, salute J- John Baines, man. Appreciate that super chat. Yo, salute John Baines. You get more, more gunshots, all right? Got to get you a hat, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Get my man with a hat. Yeah. Yo, send me send me the Addy, John. You you pretty much earned the ad on that one.
All right. Uh, Lee, let him know where he can find you, sir. I did already. It's Ryan's turn. <laughs> I mean, Ryan, let him know where he can find you, sir. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And uh, the old Ryan G is going to be back. I'm going to have smoke for RJ uh, every game until he plays defense. I like you, RJ, <laughs> but I need you to play defense. I'm going to have smoke for you every game every until you play defense. Oh, man. Yo, Ryan G has a Stephen A voice he does when he's mad. It's freaking hilarious. Like, his voice goes up like two octaves. It's like, and then when I, I love it. <laughs> He starts like cracking everything. It's like great. All right, Ryan, did you see Alexander's message in the chat? Lee about to be up late texting Reggie's ex. Like been a while. <laughs> Yo, Lee getting <laughs> Reggie's ex Instagram is crazy. Word. <laughs> that is crazy. Nobody, no wonder. No one. See, now the real story is coming out. We we don't. Now we know this is the real reason why Reggie Bullock never resigned with the Dicks. All right, <laughs> this is the real reason because we heard you came in Dallas. <laughs> you came in Dallas to find my ass. Oh, <laughs> um, he was like, oh, he's where's he from? Where's this IG from? Oh, his location is Dallas. Say less. <laughs> Word. Say, with the <laughs> Say less. He was like, I want you back. Nah, I'm on my way to Dallas, son. Click. Oh, man. <laughs> See, now I know now I know why they're not together no more. That, Rick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra yeah. out here was giving out yeah. Instagrams of random dudes. Now I know why they're not together no more. Nah, yeah. man. We, we kept it professional. Yeah. She, she a nice chick. Lee tips hater slash home wrecker. Okay, we joke. <laughs> <laughs> We joking. Lee got a whole girlfriend that he loves. So we joking. joking. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm upstairs because she, she and the, she and her homegirls are downstairs smoking out. So uh, I had to come okay. up and do the pot upstairs. <laughs> Messing up our high. Talk about Nick's losses. Go upstairs. I know, man. It's girls' night for her. Heard <laughs> you. All right, man. Oh man, yo. Okay, all right. Let me do the closing for for you. Already know the deal, man. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Everybody listen to this Nick's podcast. Holler at us, all right. Snapbacks, black and white, blue and orange. Get those two as well. Let you know first. Nick's content creation team that ever had snapbacks. I'm just letting you know. KOT is influential. A lot of trends started with KOT. I started making snapbacks, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of other snapbacks started coming out. I'm just, just letting you know where a lot of stuff started from. All right, not the biggest, but most influential. I'll say that. All right. Also, you already know the deal. Follow us on the KOT Show on Twitter, Naked Time Show on Instagram, and Naked Time Show on Facebook. Check out the blogs as well. My guy Ken is 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 publishing some heat right now. Shout out to my guy Ken, editor of the KOT Show. Wait, first, first Nick's content created to grab a blog. Oh, that was a KOT show too. Okay. Just checking. All right. Shout out to you. We here. All right. We here. All right. That is our show. Shout out to Ryan G who actually started the blog. Like who actually was like, yo, Ryan G, we need a blog for KOT. We'd be a writer. He was like, yeah, he got it going. All right. He started pushing it down in you. All right. Yes, I, but I need, uh, I need to get that 
need what? to get back even though it's been like three years but i need to get back he said he even need to get back since since i don't know but you know he's like that person who's out of shape i need to get back in the gym i need to get now he likes 600 pounds later but get back in the gym get back you in the gym ryan g all right all right that is our show we out here and of course you know as always shout out the worldwide west everywhere we go we leave a worldwide mess mess out here in these next youtube streets that's our show we out this peace york new york big city of dreams new york new york big city of dreams Man, that show was great. That show was better yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Facts. Yes, definitely. Great show. Great, great show. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.